So I wanted to share my class from Painless Pivots to Power that we did this past week. Painless Pivots to Power is a free webinar um, that I hosted last year and this year. And this week was the last time that it was free, um, but it was an amazing, great uh, crowd of people and we had a really good time. The thing about the relationship class is that most people, after they take the class, they realize that they are either acting codependent or are actually codependent. And so I want you to dive in to this class and I hope that it it is as enlightening for you as it's been for everyone this week. Enjoy. Amor, thank you, Amor. Amor is going to put the link for the worksheet um, in the chat just in case you don't have it. Before we um, dive into the relationships, I would love to see in the chat what has been your biggest takeaway so far this week? Your biggest takeaway so far this week. Would love to see that in the chat. That says the thought model. Beautiful. Your biggest takeaway, if you're just now joining us, your biggest takeaway so far this week. Um, would love to see it in the chat. Actions aren't always the answer. Love that. Must change your whole mindset before action. Uh, that no matter how many times you hear something, you can learn something new. I love that. I tell people, it's like watching a movie. You watch it the first time, you're gonna miss stuff. You watch it the second time, you're gonna catch new stuff. You watch it the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, what am I thinking? Yep, willpower alone is not enough, needs a science, yep. To read, think, and grow rich, awesome. Life is a question of mindset, it's in our hands. Yeah, agree with Gretchen. Gretchen, what did you say? Chat's going too fast. Stop listening to my reptilian brain. Yeah, that's that's a whole that's a whole nother week seminar. Thoughts and feelings are so connected. Yes, they are connected. Absolutely. They're always connected. So these are great takeaways. Okay. Let me see if I can find what Gretchen said. Let's scroll up here. Gretchen said, must, oh, must change your whole mindset. Yes, it's true. You do have to change your whole mindset. All right, so let's dive into the R word, relationships. What is a healthy relationship? I'm going to show you. It looks like Mickey Mouse. But this is a healthy relationship. This is a relationship 
This is me. This is you. Actually, I need to fix this. I messed up. Part of it one more time. This is a healthy relationship. This is me. This is you. This is the relationship. This is a foot. This is a foot. Relationships contain the energy of the people involved. Relationships contain the energy of people involved. This should be a whole person here. This should be a whole person here. And this is the relationship. Far too often, relationships look like this, where people are, this is me, and this is you, and here's our tiny little relationship down here. We're so consumed with what the other person is thinking and feeling and doing, what the results are, what their circumstances are. We're so in the other person's thought model. We're so in the thought model that sometimes it can make us sick. Yeah, Sheila says, I feel like this drawing says it all. Yeah. We're so in another person's circle. Well, if they would just stop filling the blank, or if they would just start filling the blank, then the relationship would be great. And this is codependency. Codependency, before you even read, which I'm sure you probably already have, but before you look at what's in bold underneath codependency, I'm gonna tell you the definition. Hopefully my phone will work today. Ta-da, it's working, awesome. Excessive emotional or psychological reliance on someone else. Excessive emotional or psychological reliance on someone else. In a codependent relationship, there is a rescuer and there is a victim. 
and it swaps back and forth all the time. One day you have on your rescue hat, the next day you have on your victim hat. The next day you have on your rescue hat, the next day you have on your victim hat. And the person that you're in relationship with is doing the same thing. And a lot of people believe that codependency is just in a romantic relationship. No, it's in, if it's in one of your relationships, it's in all of your relationships. Because codependency is a result on the thought line, on the thought model, result codependency, action emotionally, I'm, I'm not going to say unstable, I'm going to say emotionally needy. That's the action. And then the feeling is desperate, terrified, abandoned, angry, furious, enraged. And then the thought is, what's wrong with you? Why do you behave the way that you do? Why can't, why can't you change for me? I don't understand you. You need to grow a sensitivity check. Here's my list of rules and here's my script. Please read it. Turn to page 87 where it says that you're going to shape up. You're going to do what I need you to do, and then we'll be fine, don't you see? And the circumstances relationship. And you may do this with your kids. Some people even do this with their dog. Some people do this with their fish. Not kidding. <laughs> so, what is it? Well, the way it shows up in you is that, first of all, you have a huge, huge hurdle when it comes to emotional support fish. Yes, Mark, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to start carrying it around a little baggie. Um, difficult making decisions, difficulty making decisions. It's, it's hard for you to decide. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just so you know, too, codependency, the state of codependency is reptilian brain. You're living in reptilian brain. So all the way from you have no idea what you want to eat, you have no idea where you want to live. You don't know how you're going to, you don't, how do you want to handle the bills? I don't know. Where do you want to go on vacation? I don't know. Let me think about it. Do you think we should get a new couch? I don't know. You decide. Do you think we should go to mom and dad's for Christmas? I don't know. Seems awfully hard to me. 
But I don't know. You can't, you won't, you won't make a decision. It's not that you can't. You won't make a decision. Why is that? Because codependents don't want to take radical personal responsibility. And so if something goes wrong with your decision, you don't want to be the reason it failed. Gretchen's catching flies. Her mouth just wide open. Yes, for a lot of people are like, whoa, when they hear that for the very first time, but it's true. Like, well, I'm not going to decide because if it goes wrong, I, that's not on me. That's not on me. Number two, you have a really difficult time identifying how you feel. Yes, Peggy, it's self-protection. Absolutely. A really difficult time identifying how you feel. How do you feel? I don't want to go down the street. That's not a feeling. That's a thought. How do you feel? I don't want to buy that car. That's not a feeling. That's a thought. How do you feel? I don't want to rearrange the furniture. That's not a feeling. That's a thought. How do you feel? Some of you who've been in one-on-one -on -one sessions with me are like, Allison, Allison. I'm like, we're, we're staying right in this groove until you tell me how you feel. I don't know how I feel. Yes, you do. I can't, I can't describe how I feel. Yes, you can. It's so hard to name a feeling right now. No, it's not. You're in your reptilian brain right now. How do you feel? And, this, and that is usually when people start crying. Carrie, yep, that was Carrie. That, that was Carrie, Car, that Carrie's picture is in the dictionary <laughs> next to difficulty identifying feelings. Carrie's picture is right there. Carrie, how do you feel? I don't know. Carrie. And the reason that you can't identify how you feel is that it was never safe or it's not safe now because you can grow into codependency in a relationship. Relationships don't always start out codependent. They can move into codependency as time goes on, just like they can move right out of it with help. So if you don't feel safe, you're not saying how you feel. That is not going to happen. But you're giving, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. So I'm going to talk about the opposite of codependency in just a moment. But the next one is that you have difficulty communicating. You're either screaming or silent treatment or hiding or only texting, which is not communicating. If there's a problem, it's communicating if everything is chill and cool. 
But if there's a problem, I always tell people, hop on a Zoom with me. Because too much gets lost in translation over text. Carrie and I were talking the other day. I was like, we need to get on Zoom. Because neither one of us were angry or upset with each other. But if you started to read the text, you could interpret it that way. I was like, we're getting on Zoom. So difficulty communicating is huge. And it is a relationship destroyer. And I'll always have people say, Allison, I'm fine communicating. It's the other person. That's codependency. That's codependency. Because if another person is always mad or always sad or always afraid and you're walking and dancing on eggshells, so that's enough to upset the whole car. You're in a codependent relationship. Seeking approval from others more than you value yourself. Pretty self-explanatory. But why does it happen? It happens because growing up, you were never told that you're worthy because you breathe. You were never told, sit down. We planned you, we, we, I was so, we were so excited when we found out that we were having you and we threw a big party and everybody was dancing and singing and rejoicing over the fact that you were coming into the world. No, most of us are like, you weren't planned, but I mean, I'm glad you're here. But you certainly weren't planned. I mean, but I'm glad you're here, but you weren't planned. Yeah, me too. I'm the product of an affair. Imagine how those conversations went. Oops. So we seek approval from others because we're also taught that from the day that we step into preschool. If you sit down in the chair and you're seen but not heard, you're a good kid. Gold star. But if you're a kid that wants to be at the window and watch the squirrel catch the nut from the tree and then, you know, say, teacher, teacher, there's a really cool squirrel outside. And oh my gosh, they're with their little babies. Sit down. And then they have a big conference about it. And then the principal gets involved. And all you want to do is watch a squirrel. Bad kid. So we're labeled very, very young to be either good or bad, average or smart, hyper 
or calm, a troublemaker or a peacemaker. So these labels, while they have their place and they are seemingly innocent, as adults, we seek approval until we don't anymore, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. The next sign of codependency is overwhelming fears of abandonment. You live your whole life based on whether you're going to die alone or not. You stay in the marriage you're in because you don't want to be alone. You're afraid to be alone. What if I have had, I used to have women come into the shelter with missing teeth, broken cheekbones, their elbow dislocated, and say to me, but Allison, what if I never find anyone else? I've had clients whose spouses, men and women, cheat and cheat again and cheat again and cheat again and cheat again. I've given them venereal diseases. But what if I never find anyone else? I've had clients whose spouse has gone through all the money and maxed out their credit cards. What if I never find anyone else? So that comes from the fear of abandonment. Settling. Settling. And this isn't, this, it says even in your own work relationships, but this is also in your own life too. Like I used to be that person when I walked in the store, I went straight back to the sales rack. I never even looked to see what's not on sale. I'd walk in the door, they'd say, may I help you? No, I'm good. Straight to the sales rack. Ooh, $4. I didn't even like it, but it's only $4, so I bought it. And then I had all this stuff in my closet that I never wore because I paid $4 for it. So I was settling because I wasn't good enough. Get out of my house, Alice. Got cameras in your house. See how you're living. Yeah. So my coach one day said, what if you start purchasing things that you really love, Allison? That's not going to happen. She's like, why not? I was like, because I think it's ridiculous to pay full price for something. And she's like, well, then you're not worth, you're not worth the value of the thing. It has nothing to do with the thing. You're not worth the value of it. You're not worth $79 for a sweater. You're welcome, Jerry. Yeah, you're not worth it. Man, that's gross. I don't want to live like that. Yeah, it does hurt. 
soap. I took 90% of what was in my closet and gave it away and started buying things that were not on sale that I loved. And I'm not one of those women that you walk in her closet and I have 90 pair of jeans. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I think it's great that women that have a ton of clothes. I am just not one of those people because the clothes that I own have meaning to me. I don't just throw something on every day. I stand in my closet and think, how do I want to feel today? What am I going to wear to match my feelings today? I talked about family. I have on my family tree today. So I, I, I think about it. I think about my value and how I want to show up in the world. Yes, experiences. I think that's great. I invest money in experiences too. I think it's fabulous. That means you're worth the experience. I love it. I love it. So stop, look, pay attention. Stop, look, pay attention. Where in your life are you settling? And then let's talk about the rescuing of others. We talked about this last night in Unapologetic Power in the coaching program class. And yeah, Donna says everywhere. Yeah. Rescuing others, unless they're drowning or in a fire or need CPR is gross. It's gross energy. Why is it gross? First of all, whether you realize it or not, when you rescue someone who's not dying or in trouble, you hold a subconscious reptilian expectation of them to be grateful to you. Why is that? Because it's tribal. It's a human condition. You're also enabling the person that you're rescuing. If you rescue and rescue and rescue and rescue, the person that you're rescuing will never ever learn to stand on their own two feet. You're actually crippling them. You think you're helping, you think you're rescuing them, but you're actually crippling them. A male client of mine a few years ago was on his fifth wife. And wives number two and three had just totally completely wiped him out financially, wiped him out. So here he was on wife number five. He had rebuilt his life. He was a millionaire again. And he found out that she was siphoning money 
out of his business account. And as difficult as it was for him, he turned her into the police. Theft by taking. And she may still be in prison because come to find out that was not the first time she had done that. And when it hit the papers, because he is kind of known where he lives, other men came forward. So if you are in a relationship where someone is either constantly expecting you to financially rescue them or constantly expecting you to emotionally rescue them or constantly expecting you to spiritually rescue them. What's spiritual rescuing? Spiritual rescuing is the person who is constantly asking you, please pray for me, please pray for me, please pray for me, please pray for me, please pray for me. And they're constantly blowing up your phone all the time. I'm going through this thing. Please pray for me. I'm going through this thing. Please send angels. I'm going through this thing. I'm going through this thing. Someone anonymously just asked me, what about rescuing animals? Um, I would say that that's not, that can be codependent. It can be. You have to look at how many are you rescuing? Are you rescuing and fostering and releasing? Does it consume your whole entire life? Um, do you have difficulty making decisions around the animals? Um, do you have difficulty communicating with other people about the animals? I mean, you, I would go through this codependency list and just fill in, fill in the blanks, and then you'll know. Hoarders, that's a hoarding is a whole nother, hoarding is not codependency, hoarding is mental illness. That's a whole nother enchilada. So Jerry says, I found that I am in a rescue fostering because I did not want to deal with me before meeting Allison. Yeah, a lot of people have animals and the animal gets the kind of brunt of the codependency relationship. Or a person will have a better relationship with their dog than they do people. And that's because dogs don't talk back. They do, but you know what I'm saying. So there's that whole thing. So what does codependency impact? Everything, but primarily money, relationships, and health.
So how do you fix? How do you fix yourself? Well, first of all, when we have a codependent personality, we wait to be rescued. And, or we rescue everyone around us because it makes us feel amazing. The act of rescuing is like, man, I feel so good. And it does feel good to give. I'm not talking about like, you know, the gifting that we talked about last night in class for those of you that were there. I'm not talking about gifting. I'm not talking about tithing. I'm talking about when you give more than you have. When you give to the same person, when you rescue the same person over and over and over and over and over and over. That's a problem. The waiting to be rescued, it's just like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money, but man, I really sure do need this help. It'll come somehow. No, it won't. No, it won't. Jerry, does that include emotionally? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And the other codependent part is that we don't believe that we have the power within us to change our lives. This is too hard. I can't. That's reptilian. This is too hard. I can't. You don't understand. You didn't grow up in my situation. You don't understand. You haven't had my trials and tribulations the past year. You don't understand. You don't live with my husband. You don't live with my wife. You don't understand. You've never had a drug addicted kid. You don't understand. I lost my job. You don't understand. That is a codependent's favorite, one of their most favorite sentences to say. You don't understand. No one understands me. That's the other one. No one understands that, fill in the blank. And that's reptilian because that prison that I showed you the other day about always and never, well, if no one ever understands you, that means that they always misunderstand you and they'll never understand you. And that is prison. That's an agreement that you cannot get out of. If you are the way that you are, because no one understands you, you will never change. If you are the way that you are, because you don't have enough time, you'll never have enough time. If you are the way you are, because you don't have enough money, you'll never have enough money because that's just the way it works. That is just the way it works. So how do we fix it? First of all, we are all codependent to some degree. People don't like to hear that, 
but it is true. It's true. You either have 2% or 5% or 100% or 60% or 40%, but you have some codependency inside of you, especially if there's all the especially ifs. Especially if, number one, you're trying something new and it scares the crap out of you. You're gonna have a really hard time making the decision. You're gonna want approval for making the decision. You're gonna have a hard time figuring out how you really feel about it. I'm scared, but I'm excited, but I'm mad, but I feel free, but I'm this, but I'm that. It's like you're being codependent with yourself and your past. You'll have difficulty communicating what it is that you really want because it's new. I want to jump out of the airplane, but man, I don't want to die. But I really want to jump out of the airplane. I mean, I want to, I want to feel what it's going to feel like to fly through the sky, but man, I don't want my dentures to come out. I don't want to be that lady on YouTube who has 12 million views with their dentures coming out. I don't want to be that lady. So you'll have difficulty. You'll lack trust. You'll lack trust in yourself. When you're starting something new, ah, I'm going to fail. I don't know. And the proposition of failing will feel really overwhelming. And then you're like, man, if I fail, I'm not going to have any friends. I'm going to die alone. Lots of head nods on that. Yep. So the way to stop it is to stop being codependent within yourself. How do we do that? Sea line. Me, not Allison, me as in you, me. Thought. I choose to love myself no matter what. I choose to love myself no matter what. That should make you feel happy, hopeful, a little better, Maybe scared if you've never made that decision before. I was talking to a girlfriend this morning and she goes, Allison, that's your altar call. <laughs> you know how, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a Christian church and they do an altar call and everybody comes up to the front and you make a decision you know, that Jesus is your savior. Well, my altar call is you're going to make a decision to love yourself. You're making a decision to love yourself. The action immediately 
will probably be a lot of journaling as it should be. You know, my, I pulled out an old journal the other day that was all about loving myself. And I was just crying when I was reading it because it was written years ago. Like, I think I was 31 or 32. And I was like, the proposition of loving myself is really scary, but I'm willing to give it a try. And I just burst into tears because I can't believe that I never did. And that hurts me. Loving yourself is a decision. It's not a feeling. And the longer you wait to feel love for yourself, the longer you're not going to love yourself. It's a decision. The, either, the even bigger commitment is loving yourself unconditionally. And that means all the cigarettes you've smoked, all the drinks you've consumed, the abortions, the affairs, the firings, the people you hired that you shouldn't have hired, the company that went bankrupt, your personal bankruptcy, yelling at your kids, calling people names, failing out of school, all this stuff. That means loving yourself because of those things. Loving yourself in addition to those things. You want to break codependency? That's how you break codependency. Because codependency, guys, is the result of shame and guilt. That's exactly right, Vivian. Right. We are not taught to love ourselves. We're taught to share, we're taught to be nice, we're taught to be kind, to have really good manners, to, be, to respect our elders, to watch our P's and Q's, use inside voices, now I'm not saying like, Raise a brat. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying like raise some unruly kid who's going through Target, knocking up all of the clothes racks and calling her mom a bitch. That's not what I'm saying at all. But there needs to be space. There needs to be space for kids to be themselves. This is what outside used to be for. The kids don't play outside anymore. 
most of them don't anyway. But outside play, we used to get thrown out, man, we'd have to figure it out. We got in a fight with our friends. We had to feed, there's no parent calling parents. We punched it out or kicked it out or spit it out or cried it out or Barbie doll it out. But we were, we were kids. So how that looks as an adult is if you were raised to play small, you are a people-pleasing, codependent mess who can't say no when you mean no and can't say yes when you mean yes and you're giving away all of your services and you don't have a business plan. You don't have a marketing plan. You don't have a vacation plan. You don't have an adventure plan. You don't have a love plan. You don't have a you plan. Hi, how are you? Would you like some sweet tea today or some lemonade? Have a seat. I'm just going to sit here and smile and agree with everything that you say. And you're so kind. Yes, you are. You're just as kind as can be. And then the person leaves your house and you're like, I feel like shit. And you stay exhausted a lot. When you people please, you're exhausted all the time. It's not just people pleasing. Sometimes you're raised to please God or Jesus and only certain actions. Yes. 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 I just recently met someone and she was raised uh, in Orthodox Judaism. And she's breaking the chains, heavy, heavy chains, slowly but surely. What to wear, when to speak, what to say how to eat, what to eat, when to eat, when to pray, how to pray, who she could marry, when to get married, when to have children, how many children. You can't touch these people. You can't hug those people. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't wear, I mean, it's just like, she was like, Allison, I, I don't know if I can breathe. She was telling me, she, was, she went into this explanation of her coffee the other day. And she was like, just, just sharing this with you. Like, I feel like I can't breathe. I was like, it's okay. You don't, it's okay. You don't have to share it with me. And she's like, no, I need to share it. I need to get it out. And she was like, but I can't breathe right now. I'm so, I feel so compressed she's like i'm gonna feel this way forever i was like don't say that i'm not gonna coach you but that's an agreement that's an agreement stacy agreed i am slowly backing off of rescuing and being afraid of letting people down because i can't please everyone and i was exhausted yeah stacy Yeah. 
it's a fine line between being in a codependent relationship and being in an abusive relationship. And this is also with yourself. It's a fine line between being codependent with yourself and abusive to yourself. If your reptilian brain is like, God, you are so ugly. You have like, look in the mirror, man. You can never get anything right. What is wrong with you? God, you're abusing yourself. You're in an abusive relationship with yourself. Observe it. Check it. And the thing is, is that if you're 30, you've been listening to your reptilian brain say those horrible things to you for 30 years. If you're 40 for 40 years, if you're 50 for 50 years, if you're 60 for 60 years, if you're 70 and so on, you're not going to fix it today. You're not going to fix it tomorrow. You're not going to fix it in a week from now. It takes work and it takes the right kind of work. The people who work with me constantly love painless pivots to power. They, this is, I think this is Cindy's fifth or sixth time coming through it. It's Carrie's fifth or sixth time being here. It's John's fourth or fifth time. It's Gretchen's, I don't know, seventh time, I think. It's Donna's seventh time, I think. It's Megan's fourth or fifth time. The reason they keep coming back is because every single time, they learn something new. And guys, I don't change up the subject matter that much. And they see me every week. They see me on Monday. They see me on Thursday. Some of them see me on Wednesday. Some of them see me Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm not exaggerating. They see Carrie. So, yes, Megan says things click differently each time. Yes. Forgiveness is a choice. The person, I, I just got another private message. Forgiveness is a choice. The person you need to forgive goes in the sea line. I choose to forgive them is the thought. How does that make you feel? If it makes you feel like shit, then you need to do a bunch of thought models around why you cannot forgive them, why you are refusing to agree to forgive them. You don't understand. They really, 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 really hurt me. Is usually where it falls. And then I always say, well, if you don't forgive them, they're going to keep really, 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 really hurting you. That's why we forgive, not for them, for us. 
So tomorrow, you're welcome. Tomorrow is a bonus day. For you West Coasters, just cringe a little bit. It's gonna be an early one for you. It's gonna be an early one for you. <laughs> Gretchen is like, no! For you, for you West Coasters, it's 7 a.m. For you East Coasters, it's 10 a.m. Why? Because it's Saturday. It's Saturday. And I'm not going to make you stop your day on a Saturday, stop everything you're doing, and come in here at 1 o'clock and then try to carry out the rest of your day. So tomorrow is 10 a.m. And then I give the West Coasters a break on Sunday. On Sunday, West Coasters, it's 2 p.m. So you are gonna have to stop your day and I'm sorry, but it's 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday so that you can be with your family and right before they all sit down to dinner or maybe right before they take their nap or whatever, you can jump into painless pivot to power on Sunday. So what do we do in bonus days? I recap the week. I take a little bit of a deeper dive. Believe it or not, you guys have been in the baby pool all week. This is considered really light in comparison to unapologetic power. I'm Central Standard Time. So it will be, I think Central Standard is one hour earlier. So it's 9 a.m. tomorrow and 4 p.m. on Sunday. I have four I believe four or five or more. How many appointments do I have left for people talking to me about joining up level? You have five. Five. I have five appointments left. Um, we have seven slots left. So if you're thinking, and here's the thing, everybody waits till the last minute. So What's going to happen is that tomorrow my email is going to be flooded and my calendar is going to be probably full um, because everybody waits till the last minute. So if you're thinking that you want to talk to me um, about getting into unapologetic power, you need to get on the Calendly link and schedule an appointment. No, I'm not going to get on a phone call with you without you having a, an appointment on Calendly. No, I'm not gonna schedule an appointment outside of the Calendly link. The Calendly link is there. There's all different kinds of days and times appointments available. Please use it. If by some chance there's no time on that calendar that you can find to meet with me, then please let a more know. Just respond to the email that you get in the afternoon to a more, and she will she will make it happen. She just put the link in the chat. Um, 
Jerry is asking about a wine night. There's no wine night uh, this time around because I am not drinking right now. Uh, I am on a 30-day alcohol cleanse. Mark says, before we finish, is Behind the Power event still open for registrations? Yes, it's still open, Behind the Power. Um, guys, if you're like, I, I want more of you, Allison, but I'm not going to join um, your coaching program right now. You can come virtually or in person to my live event in October. It's October 20th, 21st, and 22nd. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we are having it in person. You have to present one of, or one of two things at the door for admission, and there are no exceptions to this rule. You have to present a vaccination card or a negative COVID test in the past 48 hours. Um, we are not making any exceptions to this rule. The event uh, coordinator wanted vaccinations only, and I fought for you guys uh, to be able to present a test um, in its place because that's just who I am. So um, we are having it in person. The, the event facility um, holds up to 300 people. I'm only allowing 80. And we have 22 in-person tickets available right now. Um, you're welcome, Amanda. Um, we have 22 in-person tickets available right now. Um, the virtual tickets are $129. You get a book, um, Behind the Power is the book. Um, if you join, if you buy a virtual ticket, you get the Kindle version of the book. If you buy an in-person ticket, um, Amor, how much are those tickets? They've been on sale so many times and the sale is off now. How much are this, is the in-person ticket? Is it $379? $329. Uh, let me just check real quick to be sure. While she's doing that, I'll put the link in. And it's not just me speaking at the event. Um, we have 13 beautiful and amazing women who have contributed a chapter to the book um, and they are all sharing the stage with me. I'm super excited about that. Um, thank you, Peggy. Uh, if you come in person, um, you, I'm feeding you lunch. We, we have vegan options. We have gluten-free options. Um, yes, Mark. Uh, I know other Atlanta events have been canceled, um, and that's because they weren't requiring vaccinations, um, or, or COVID tests. So uh, the city of Atlanta made them shut down. Um, yeah, 
wherever you are in the world, it's 129 USD to attend virtually. Um, don't think that you're not gonna get attention if you attend virtually. Don't think that you're just gonna be a fly on the wall. I'm gonna be paying lots of attention to everyone who's there. I'll be able to see you um, and you'll be able to see all of us, which is gonna be really exciting. If you come in person, um, so there's lunch Monday, or excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, we will be out of there by noon on Friday. There's a cocktail hour uh, Wednesday night and a cocktail hour Thursday night. And we're gonna be doing some fun stuff during those cocktail hours um, back upstairs. I also may have um, a special guest joining us, um, a huge announcement. Um, I've got to figure, I'm speaking to this person next week, but if this person um, joins us, I will definitely let all of you know about that. But for those of you who already purchased a ticket, you're going to be like, whoa, <laughs> if this person comes through, you're going to be like, wow. So um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, John, yes, John, it's you. Everyone is John. John is the special guest uh, teleporting in from, from Massachusetts. All right. So for those of you who are coming in person, I cannot wait to meet you. I'm so excited about it. For those of you who've already scheduled your 20 minute time with me, um, some of you are today, some of you are tomorrow. I have a person on Sunday, a couple of people next week. I can't wait to spend one-on-one um, -on -one time with you today. Um, go and have an amazing rest of your Friday. Um, look at this, study it. Um, become a better version of yourself for having been here today. And I love you guys because you breathe. I'll see you later.